Warning, this program contains explicit content, including graphic violence, nudity, sexual innuendo, sexual in my endo, and blowjobs. So please don't watch this if you're under 18 or my auntie loves that. Viewer discretion is advised. God damn it, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm nervous. It's going to be a really fun time. I feel it. Yeah, I'm ready. Fingertips are tingling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, hi. We're back. We're back. <laughs> um, we're joined with a very, very special guest. Possibly, maybe our most special guest that we've had. I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here with one of, like... Probably one of the most like formative like musicians of my teen years. <laughs> Where like I DM'd you and I didn't think anything was gonna come of it. And then you responded and I had to like close my work. Like I had to like put the be like be right back sign on the door and like, <laughs> I need to cope with this for a little bit. Um, we're joined by singer, songwriter, label owner, rapper, icon, the one and only motherfucking kitty baby. How, how are you? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> that was a very, that was such a big opening. Yeah, for real. <laughs> An introduction, thank you. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin in terms of like how, <laughs> like how much of a, an impact that you've had on my, like basically I think around the time that you were starting to like come up with like your music online, I was maybe 14. So I was maybe in eighth grade. <laughs> How and now? I'm 23. Whoa, that's a long time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, damn, you're old. Damn, <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, so I was, I, I'm trying to remember how you sort of like came into my world. But I think it was probably just when I heard OK Cupid for the first time, which I spent like my first couple years of high school, like pedaling around, insisting to every single person that it was like the best thing that's ever happened to anyone. I was obsessed with it. Middle school. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I was Talking like, about pills and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like posing in all my photos, like pretending I had a lip tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So in a way, um, I thank you and I also blame you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I deserve it. <laughs> I take it. And then since then, I had sort of like followed your career as it sort of progressed from there. And I think for a while there was kind of like a weird middle period where it was just kind of like you had a transition out of this sort of memeified rap career versus what you do now, which is in almost like it's from the same planet in a way, but I do think it's almost like you've taken on a different role in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I just like took control of myself. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like the, since, I mean, again though, I mean, even from the beginning, there were certain things that I've always found like to be really exciting and different about 
the music that you've made. And even when like people were sort of like dunking on it, I was I was like, you guys are fucking wrong. <laughs> right. There's no. We were also you... in middle school, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> True. Exactly. Can we really take that? <laughs> right. I'm just out of middle school, so really none of that was fair. Yeah, exactly. The timing was. <laughs> cool. I just had to do it first and like get it out of the way for everyone. Yeah, and definitely. Now you can do whatever stupid rap you like, and no one makes fun of you. It's fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think in a way, like when culture, like I think around the time that you were sort of blowing up, like music was almost getting too fun. Like we'd like gone, it had gone too crazy, and like as we started to get like a boom mm -hmm. of like white girl rappers like i do find oh, that like yeah. as white girl rappers like when many of them are popular at the same time you know it's like the empire is about to fall <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like, you flew too close to the sun yeah right, exactly. exactly and like i think like the emphasis of all of it was like all of these people sort of starting up at the same time of like not only white girl rappers but just like rappers who were sort of playing with this like different sort of quote I, don't, I hate describing anything as like internet-y but like it was oh, that it sort was. of sound <laughs> yeah and then I think when it transitioned from that into like Iggy Azalea that was sort of when like the ship was starting to sink <laughs> oh yeah well I mean that's funny because Iggy Azalea was making music before I even was right exactly but I do think that like she had a different like her approach to it those first couple years like kind of everyone was just sort of like turning a blind eye to how fucking weird the whole thing was about mm -hmm. like i mean <laughs> not everyone yeah, right not yeah exactly not everybody <laughs> <laughs> but like in the way that like ti was like endorsing so much of like the oh, that my, my God, world yeah. mixtape like I, like pussy music, like, that mm -hmm. song and whatever yeah honestly um, pussy slaps though pussy it still goes real. it she still goes bangers so yeah exactly good. and of course like it's around that time too like genuinely like music that endures to this day is still really good like so much of that first Krayshawn album still is amazing mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah I really like I still like it honestly it's yeah. like different like nobody a lot of people like try to do the same thing but she is just different so like they couldn't really do it exactly. like, that's kind of also why I think she didn't like do very well with that right. one like exactly. her album, you know, because everyone's like, the hell is this? We just wanted Gucci Gucci again. Right. It's <laughs> a shame. It's very really exactly, on guard. Exactly. exactly. And I do think that, like, again, with the, when it sort of all blew up, I think that sort of the way, like, the final nail in the coffin was when Azealia went on the, I don't remember what radio show it was. But she went on and like sort of went on the whole like Iggy Azalea's not excellent tirade when she started getting yeah. nominated for Grammys and stuff for her music. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like maybe when people finally were like, okay, like we can't. Back <laughs> like, when we listened to Azalea Banks. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to even begin, like I'm trying to think of, first of all, let me... I have to crack open a delicious and nutritious Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'm literally drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper right now, too. Are you really? Wow. Oh, my God. I'm sipping. I'm so sorry. Ah, I'm trying no to please. mute myself when I hit my vape. Like. <laughs> no, yeah. With every with every episode of our podcast, we're munching, crunching, drinking, whatever. So do not do it's not be ASMR. afraid. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you get a one. Yeah. Let me make sure really quickly that this is like doing multiple tracks because if this experts and I just get both of us talking at the same time, I will kill myself. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanna like, what I wanna do is I wanna go down the little rabbit hole of <laughs> sort of the eras that 
were kind of unfolding since the beginning of when you first started into sort of what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you guide that. Okay. Perfect. Trip. So, um, again, when I first like found out about you, it was through the "haha, I'm sorry" EP. <laughs> um, I again, this was sort of like thinking back on this. I was like rewatching like some of the videos and stuff that came out from that time. It's sort of crazy how no one in this current moment is doing this thing that's like people don't come out like sort of undeveloped in the way that you were at the time where like you were just like listen like I'm gonna make a video I have this <laughs> yeah. song and like I feel like the time period the time between someone getting like a little viral moment now and then like being like pumped full of money and like having a whole budget and like glitz and everything like that the time frame is so small now where like you really don't get to see the sort of in between of being like well I made a song and it randomly blew up and now here I am like <laughs> you know that whole thing I mean, well, it's like not really random anymore because when I was, when I started doing it, it wasn't like everybody knew how to use Ableton. Like there wasn't like sample pack websites and shit. Like it was like before all that stuff, before it was cool to be a producer, rapper or whatever. Like, I mean, it was cool, but like before it was so accessible online. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't like, you know, nobody really made a song planning to go viral. Well. I wasn't making a song plan to go viral. It was just like, you know, a fun thing to do. And it I had no expectation of it. Mm-hmm. So nowadays I feel like it's so small because it's so many people competing and they like yeah. will try to figure out the formula, which I I still don't fucking know what it is. Exactly. I can't do it again. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's like in a in a similar way too, I think a lot of times now when I think about how angry OKCupid made people back in the day. I now think of like certain songs that like are just sort of taken for granted on first listen where I'm like, this is so much worse. Oh. Or like, this is just, so <laughs> oh, yeah. or not even, I think about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just like the, the sheer level of like competence or just like sort of production value of like a song like, okay, Cupid, like that, the beat to okay, Cupid still is like, I've never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. And like, there's yeah, really not well, anything comparable. Yeah. And it, that's because it was weird. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's weird. And now, like, I feel like when people do weird now, it's so deliberate and calculated, or the actual like musicianship behind it is just fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pretty much. You sort of just have to like accept it on those terms and sort of like leave it there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in terms of that like period of time, I know that it all sort of came together pretty quickly. But is there like, and I mean, looking back now in terms of how music looks today, especially with the sort of like way that people use, not rap necessarily, but like employ that kind of sound and how pop music is right now. Do you feel like you had some sort of like influence over any of the tough stuff that we're seeing today? Mm, yeah, I do, but I also, I don't know, because <laughs> I feel like it's not necessarily me my influence musically because like I said like my music is really weird and so it wasn't I don't think there was really any time that I was making songs that were suitable for (laughs) radio which is was my downfall but now I like that um but like I think that I definitely had an influence over the way that music is like distributed and the way people think about it as like an internet 
thing. Like, mm-hmm. I really think that, you know, and obviously it wasn't just me alone, right. but like there was like kind of a group of people and some of them are my friends, you know, like ASAP Yams, obviously like yeah. took it all the way to the top and, you know, <laughs> rest in peace. But like we were friends, like I would have, you know, Danny Brown mm-hmm. too. And just a lot of people, it was like kind of just us meeting at the right time. Mm-hmm. And um, now everything operates around the the structure that we kind of came up with yeah, totally. uh, but not that we were like sitting around like we're gonna build a new industry we just were like <laughs> mm-hmm. um we should just put this on soundcloud and then post it here and post it here and like yeah. yo check this out email it to him and then that's how we all got you know right popular any popularity at all yeah, but exactly. now that's just that's literally the standard way there's like it's funny because now owning a label i see like the way shit works and i have to like I have to like do it and people try to explain to me like and i'm like i know what i'm doing just let me i know what i'm doing right it's fine <laughs> i don't know it's like I, I know i know exactly how to send this email trust me yeah exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it can only so make- i think that we definitely influenced that kind of thing but you know and also i think i definitely made it a little bit easier for girls to talk about personal shit in songs without like i don't know i don't know i feel like i had an influence over like i feel like a lot of girls don't have to get shit on because i already went through that and you know everybody got to you know yeah experience me as the surprise thing that we don't like and you know bitch about it and then after that everyone's like desensitized to it yeah totally so now it's like you know well, it was kind of a, a lot of girls of do like, shit that I've like gotten so much hate for doing or saying, totally. and it's like normal now. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, like the that those couple years, like right around this time, like 2012 through 2014, was like the peak of this like crazy like discourse around like authenticity for women or something, and that like people were so like had this weird chip on their shoulder about being like oh, like, this must have been coordinated and, like, someone came together in a room to, like, dream up this girl (laughs) and, like, dress her up like this and whatever. And I remember so many times, like, there would be, like, these weird gotcha moments that people would try and get you on of being, like, name a Yeasty (laughs) Girls song and you'd be, like, fucking, I don't want to, who cares? Like, it's, like, not even, it's so beside (laughs) the point. And I know. Also, it's not like it was a concerted effort to be, like, oh, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to look like that girl and, you know, whatever. And I think now you can see a lot of the ways where, like you said, it is, it's sort of part of like the machinations of how the industry is now, where I think a lot of times people who wouldn't be normally so like internet savvy now kind of have like an obligation to do so where like they have to have like mm-hmm. cutesy, funny little tweets or like, you know, uh, and it's so manufactured totally because mm-hmm. a lot of people can't just do that. Like the artists that get, you know, brought up to the top like they're not capable of coming up with a cute little tweet every day right. and they maybe they suck at taking pictures of themselves <laughs> or like maybe they're a huge bitch and they're like no one wants them to know so exactly. it's like mm-hmm. people have to get hired to write tweets and stuff and i just think that's so funny it's so deranged yeah. and like it's so transparent like i hate being like watching like the way that like clearly a tweet has like so many eyes have seen it before someone press send and it's just like it's a fucking tweet like if you're not doing it for the love of the game like i'm sorry (laughs) right you're just i mean that's fair considering how mean people are on twitter Mm -hmm. oh man 
I kind of get it. It's a loaded game now for sure. We're like definitely like. I don't think I could handle that level of <laughs> eyes on me at all. It's almost like high risk, no reward when it comes to Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you getting? Right, nothing. nothing. Literally, right. negative attention. Literally, I <laughs> have <laughs> never gotten. I was just, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh man, but we fucking love it. I can't. I'll never give it up. I'm too. I'm too damn addicted. That is the one. It's it's so strange because that is the one social media that I'm clinging on to. Like I kind of really like high school was kind of the end of my Snapchat career. Yeah. Instagram. I got hacked by a Good. Russian man. Fucking great. Yeah. And then probably because my fucking password is basic as fuck. But <laughs> you, you can share it with the audience. You, you oh say God. it right Let now. Let the girls at home know. I fucking should. I fucking should. But yeah, no. Twitter's always going to be there. I know it's shitty, but I don't know why for some reason that's like the yeah. one. The one I'm holding on to. Well, I think it's like in a way it's kind of like a the most the most um the best platform to feel like you get to talk to someone face to face and therefore say like the mean shit that it's like been tinkering in your mind when you heard their song for the first time where you're like what a fucking oh, dumb yeah. bitch like I'm gonna tell her right like, I'm gonna tell her she'll definitely read it <laughs> and just like it's a it's a little trap but also it's sort of become a necessary part of like if you're gonna have some sort of like viral come up like you do have to play the game a little bit and in a way, you were one of the people who invented that game, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny that like more people don't hire me to like teach them how to do it. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a whatever. Maybe someday. I think that like when I'm old, that's gonna be my consulting business. Yeah, yeah exactly. charge people for a consultation. Fuck it, dude. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna retire and tweet from bed from ages sixty to eighty. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Twitter's not around then. I pray. (laughs) It's going to be some other stupid shit. TikTok just doesn't do it for me, though. Like, for some reason. It's nauseating. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Too noisy. It is too noisy. Too noisy, and it's, like, such an evil algorithm where, like, it's like you can't go back to the previous one you saw or something like that. Yeah. Where, like, Um, I can't wrap my head around it. A video of my apartment went viral on TikTok three days ago, and people were calling it Cluttercore, and I was like, I'm going to hang myself, you guys. (laughs) Cluttercore. Ouch. (laughs) They were like, get fucking Marie Kondo in there right now. And they were, like, being serious. Like, they was like, you know, like, when sometimes people will be like, you're so brave for showing your body. Like, it was that kind of thing where it was like, your house is so messy. I love it. It's It's so messy. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so comfortable here. And it was so much worse than if they'd just been like, dude, clean up. <laughs> but whatever. Well, TikTok, they have to be nice on there, right? That's like yeah. Well, you think people? It's so um, it's like it's like so passive aggressive. Yeah. Well, like that's like the, the turnover rate on TikTok is even higher than Twitter. Like when people get in trouble on Twitter, like you can be a troubling person for a long time without really getting the axe. <laughs> yeah. But on TikTok, it's like you say the wrong thing or like you show the wrong scary wall in your house, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're, scary wall. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even attempted TikTok. I thought about it last year, but I think I like I I tried and I was like, I just don't think I have what it takes. I tried, especially back when like it was um, baited that it was going to be like deleted everywhere because of like some shit with China. So of course I didn't want to like miss out during that time frame. So I tried really hard to like get my own algorithm, see some videos. I just fucking cut it. I don't give a fuck. All the good ones get posted on Twitter anyway. Yeah, and I've seen. I was gonna say yeah, yeah, you can just see them anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And the editing tools for the whole thing seems like, are you people all like fucking like filmmakers? Like the, it's, the for, it's for, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's for people that have like truly 10 hours every day to do nothing but create like 
Yeah. That's what I was going to oh. say. That's all they do. Yeah. You have 10 hours a day to make videos. And also, like, your apartment is always full of, like, golden hour lighting. <laughs> like, you always have it, like, amazing. Right. Oh, man. Whatever. I um, am obsessed with the whole, um, the random lights in everyone's bedroom now. Like, the, the, the strobing oh, yeah. lights. Like, I, I really like that trend. That everybody, better. everyone's room looks like a place where you can buy SIM cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what my room used to look like too. So I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. you did. You did. But it first. You, you really get over it like pretty quickly. You're like, all right, I'm kind of sick. Yeah, yeah exactly. we had that in our last Nauseous. apartment. We had that in our last apartment, lining our entire living room. It literally made me feel like I lived in a mental ward. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It was funny. not good. <laughs> um, okay, so then I want to talk about this. Was like, I am not kidding you. I burned CDs of this for people and was like, play this in your car. I promise you're gonna love this. <laughs> Um, Daisy Rage. I was obsessed with this album. I, every single song <laughs> is perfect to me. <laughs> I, I'm so glad. That's very, that's very sweet. Yeah, I feel mostly, okay. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw initially before it came out, there's this video of, I'm going to sing like a stalker. There's this video of you performing unfollowed before it was a song with your brother. <laughs> And there's sort of a crowd screaming the fuck man part back to it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is going to be my favorite song. And then when it came out, I was like, uh, literally it was all I listened to for, I don't, I can't even tell you how long. That and um, uh, Reem as well. Both really good. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. Bangers. Through and through. (laughs) I don't even remember the words to those songs. That's really. Oh God. (laughs) Dude. I just, I just don't think about it. Did you say say that you hated this era? (laughs) I don't, I mean, I don't really, like, it was just a shitty time in my life, so I just don't really think about it, Mm -hmm. and so, like, there was, like, so much going on, like, I don't know, my memories are very blurry, so whenever I think about something, like, it's just, like, right. I go back and think of a song, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that one, (laughs) because it's just, like, it's just woven inside of like totally i don't know a web of things mm, yeah but like it's i mean it's fine it's funny that's that's when everybody started listening to my song so shout out to that kitty yeah, yeah. for doing all those things i guess <laughs> yeah. um this was like i'm trying to think of how i even associate with this album um it's funny when you listen to a lot of the flows on this, you can see like so clearly who you're like indebted to. And it was funny how people used to just be like, Oh, it's like, I, I've saw, I used to see people compare you to Uffy, which is kind of crazy to me because her whole approach to music was always like, she didn't really give a fuck and was just kind of like along for the ride. Like her boyfriend was like, Oh, I'm the producer. And like <laughs> she just yeah. wanted to make a fun little song. And like, I love Uffy obviously, but it was definitely not like, the approach wasn't the same as yours. We're like, you can hear how much of like the odd future flow is in a lot of those songs. Mm-hmm. And, like, so many of these, like, I don't know, the influences behind this were, I think a lot more tactful and tasteful than a lot of other people who were making music around this time. Um, in terms of like how, I feel like right after this album was when you sort of started shifting into something that's a little bit more similar to what you do today. What was, like, the transition for you between finishing this and then deciding that, like, when you went back to the drawing board, it was going to be something more like Impatience or more like Miami Garden Club? Uh, well, I, I... First of all, I was just kind of sick of people 
like honest comparing me to Uffy, comparing me to just getting mad everything that i did just seemed like wrong and kind of it made me embarrassed i don't know i was like i had really low self-esteem and i had like a lot of problems during that time so it was just kind of like everything seemed like i don't know i kind of felt like i was like glued to whatever i was doing the rap thing because it's the thing that people talked about but yeah. it just made me so unhappy that i just even though and I, I was like well i could probably write <laughs> different kinds of songs like i like song raps, like songwriting yeah and um after i went on to, i went on tour with danny brown and Anamanaguchi and both of those stories were just like I just felt embarrassed. I just didn't want and the people that were fans of it were like I don't know, it wasn't it just like made me so uncomfortable. Right. So I was just like, all right, well I think I'm gonna try something else. And I feel like impatience, I didn't I was still sort of like, well, I still have to keep rapping. Right. But anything that I do is like, I don't know, maybe I'll try other stuff too. Yeah. And so that was like an experiment, but that was like sort of like, cause I made all of that shit. I was like writing myself all the time. Like I didn't, I, I would, couldn't record things with anyone else. I'd always record them at home. And like, I like to work alone. I got embarrassed in the studio and stuff. So I couldn't like, I don't know. I just sort of hid. It was the coldest winter in New York since like 1910 or something. <laughs> oh God, and I was yeah. like, my, I had like just moved into an apartment like on my own and i was really lonely and i was sad and i just was like well i guess i'm just gonna learn how to like write songs right and if i'm good at it i'll be good at it mm -hmm. and um and then that's kind of when i wrote impatience and frostbite at the same time right nice. yeah i mean and they were both gonna be one album and then i just like i don't remember why i just put them out separately <laughs> <laughs> um it was like i feel um in a lot of ways, it was sort of like the Daisy Rage project was sort of like a concerted effort to like prove that like if, if people were like being like, yeah, like you're a bad rapper or whatever, you were like, well, like, no, like, I mean, I can like. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't really. <laughs> no, I honestly, all of that stuff, I just was like kind of doing it because I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like. I wasn't a bad rapper no. and I, I liked writing songs and I liked to see how good I could do because I was like, I mean, I know it seems like a lot of people were always talking shit about me and like everyone, but like, obviously a lot of people would liked me. Yeah. I, I got mm -hmm. paid a lot of money. So like, I, <laughs> I was like, fine, sure, let's do it. Like, what was the crowd like with whatever. like the Danny Brown tour? Cause like, I remember when that was announced, I was like, that is going to be a really mixed crowd. Like, were there people there who are like, for, like there for you? Like, cause I remember I really yeah, wanted to go on that tour. And I was like 17 or something, and the, the Danny Brown show in Chicago I remember was 21 up because it was at mm. bottom. It was at bottom line. Oh yeah. yeah, they were all. They were mostly 21 and up. Yeah, there that was like. Um, I don't know. I don't really remember. Like I, I just sort of like got drunk and hid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really good at performing then. It was sort of like a, a crazy thing for me to do at that time. I can't believe I did that, but <laughs> it was a learning experience. But it endures too. I mean, like even like obviously like the performance aspect is like, I feel like it kind of gives a sort of life to these songs that otherwise were so like a pro like a product of like this sort of weird niche internet culture and like seeing it played out on stage. Like there's something that's sort of like, gives it a little bit more body and gives it like I don't know there's just always something cool to me about being like oh shit like that's like 
her, you know, right. like from the, whatever corner of the internet. Like, that's always very, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, yeah, weird shock. Yeah, <laughs> Like, a moment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do think also, Impatience is probably still, I mean, I love every project you put out, but I feel like Impatience still holds, like, this, like, near and dear place to my heart, because I do feel like it did sort of start, like, to plant the seeds of what you're doing now, and while also sort of maintaining this kind of, like, silliness that is at the heart of, like, the first two projects in a way, but also, I think, you can sort of, like, hear yourself, like, take yourself more seriously in a way. Like, I've played, like, Morgan Stop has been a huge, like, favorite song of mine forever. I've listened to Impatient, I checked the play count on um, Marijuana on my computer today, and it's 676. Jeez. <laughs> That's so many. I love that fucking song. <laughs> I just choked on. <laughs> I just choked on Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that's so many. Um, <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> it was just like I think for me that was sort of when like the whole vision of like everything kind of came together. Where I mean, like on BRB too, there's sort of like when you started first, like including singing and in what you were doing. I think, or even when the. I think that is the first time I sang. Yeah. And, like, where the raps themselves also kind of, like, started to have a different function where it wasn't necessarily being, like, oh, like, bars. <laughs> it was, like, a kind of different, it was, like, more melodic and it served a different purpose to what you were trying to do. And I think still that that project, like, holds up today. I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very cool. And then I think with Frostbite, it's funny that you said that you, you said you recorded those both at the same time or, like, we're writing them at the same time. Um, well, yeah, they, like, I wrote all the songs at the same time, and then I recorded Impatience first, and I think I decided to, like, put them out as they were, and then record the rest, because they were all so trancy, and I was like, yeah, I'll just save these for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Impatience, I felt like was, like, my sad songs, I wrote them all when I was really sad, so yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, like get them out and like there's my sad thing and i feel like that's a big reason that people like it because <laughs> it's like very sad and you know when you're like a teenager and something's sad and oh my god a teenager way it kind of hits you yeah, it's like the heaviest thing in the world right <laughs> like anything yeah. minor i was writing some real teenage heavy emo shit in that one for so. real right yeah clearly it was a <laughs> it was a 15 year old definer for me obviously <laughs> um and then I think, oh, fuck, and I'm like, I feel like I don't even want to skip over this because I want to like... Which one? I feel like I want to... I don't know what I want to know. Oh. <laughs> I one of these. Well, because I personally... <laughs> About songs? Because <laughs> yeah. I personally really, really started to get into your discography more towards Miami Garden Club and obviously Rose Gold, which I have like... A, I personally have a lot to say. Um, yeah. But I guess... Okay. So... I guess really all I wanted to say about either of those is just like, I've already gushed over this for so long. So yeah, I do feel in a lot of ways that those two projects were sort of like the turning point where now you kind of get to what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And for, I remember there was like this whole lead up period for the Kickstarter for Miami Garden Club. And that started, I don't even remember what year that really was, but I remember like keeping tabs on the whole thing of like how fucking crazy that whole process was where you like lost an entire album. Oh yeah. That was honestly, I don't know. Like that was, that was a very cursed time in my life. Like the, the, my Kickstarter was like the greatest blessing. Like without 
on my Kickstarter. If that hadn't worked out for me, I honestly have no idea. Like, <laughs> I'd be dead or something. I have no idea what would happen. But it was amazing. But I honestly, mean, like, it like was so fast. I remember like it hit the first goal, and then you're like, okay, well, like I can tour it too, and like get cute pressings, and then it was like instant. Like it was so fucking fast. I remember being mm-hmm. so excited about it. Yeah, I I had like. I went. I was in shock. I literally went into shock. I sat in the bathtub for six hours. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I fucking, was like, like I didn't show or like understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. And also, it was kind of like that was like my last effort, basically, because at that point when I started, it was in 2015, mm-hmm. and in like towards the end of 2015, September, and um, and I had been living in LA for like a year at that point, and I was in like. I was just, bad relationship after bad relationship and I was like in the um I found out about like hot sugars documentary coming out and this entire time I'd been living in LA with people that I didn't like and didn't like me and just everything was going wrong everything that I went there to do had ended up falling through Mm -hmm. I lost all kinds of all these like different opportunities and because of my ex and I just like things were just so bad that I was like you know what if anybody wants me to keep trying, I'm just going to go on Kickstarter. And I had no, I like honestly did not expect anything to happen. I was like expecting it to prove to me sort of that it was time to quit and go home and like finish college. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I had been telling my parents this whole time because they were being like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, honestly, no. And you know what? I'm going to come home. Let me just try this Kickstarter thing really quick. And like, trust me, yeah, I'll be back. And like, I don't know. It's it was really crazy that it happened, but it did show me that like, okay, I guess people want me to make music, and yeah. like people want to hear it, and so that's sort of that. It's like funny that you say like, um, impatience and frostbite were like sort of a turning point, but like more so like I that was like sort of when I was learning how to write songs. Mm-hmm. So I guess like yeah, but I feel like. Miami Garden Club was like the turning point of me deciding that I actually could make songs that I liked instead of just trying to figure out what people were going to like. Yeah. Well, which is what I had been doing before. Yeah, it's so <laughs> crazy because I do think that like the what the sound of Miami Garden Club and Impatience to me share these sort of long strands of DNA in a lot of ways where I think the kind of the way that the hooks are constructed are so, so different and like the approach to songwriting. Like I remember hearing impatience and like even if you just said like the reason was just that they were sad songs like it sort of did still straddle this line of like the like lyricism that you'd had like the sort of like funny like I don't know little one-liners that you'd had on previous releases but then it also had this like completely different sound that was so much more like I don't know spacey and like the way that your vocals were like it was just like it was to me always was just like oh my god I'm like so excited for what comes after this <laughs> and it's funny that Miami Garden Club in a lot of ways I think is uh, a, has a similar approach to songwriting to me but also is so much sharper and like the confidence level between those two releases is like fucking crazy like how clear your voice is in the mix and on a lot of the songs in Miami Garden Club that's funny because I like every time I listen to it, I'm like, damn, I wish I had put more effects on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like the, the, the big um, selling point yeah. of a song, like, I'm, oh, we'll just get into the, this one, of like two minutes or of affectionate. Like, the reason why I love those songs so much is that it was like kind of the first time that I feel like I maybe 
heard your voice unobscured or like without maybe like some sort of affect where you were like, ah, like I'm just doing this fuck around. Like, I think because it is so clear in the mix, it's like, that's what sells it to me. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes me happy. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. So what was the process in terms of like, once you knew that you were going to be able to make this whole thing, like, how did you launch into it? Like, what did you even, did you scramble to start or like, what did you have something going already? Um, well, most of the songs were written all like I had started writing a lot of them. I I used to like write lyrics before I did anything else. Like and before I realized that that takes so much longer. <laughs> um I would write like I would write whole lyrics like I would write an entire rap with like flow and everything and then I'd have to go find the beat that would match it perfectly and that was like so stupid. So like up until that point I had been like writing songs that ridiculous way. Yeah. And then I figured out like wait, if I fi- if I learn how to make my own beats I can make exactly the beat that I want uh-huh. and then I can do it all at the same time. Yeah. So um, that is like, that's what I wanted to do. And I had been, oh, do you want some exclusive tea that I've never been able to spill, but now I think it's fine. Are you kidding? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> By all means. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You st- so I'll tell you the story of how this, okay. One part of the whole disaster of that album was, Okay, I had no, like, I didn't have a label or anything. <laughs> and at this point, I didn't know all of the stuff that I know now. Like, I didn't know shit about, like, pressing vinyl or, like, yeah. <laughs> really doing any of these things that I had said I was going to do. All I knew how to do was, like, kind of write songs. So I was like, okay, well, time to learn how to do all of this. <laughs> and like I said, I hadn't expected anybody to give me any money. So, like, the amount of people that did was, like so overwhelming but yeah. i mean you know i was like i was like all right well i gotta do my best <laughs> so i first i was gonna have this dude executive produce my album and he was gonna help me make the beats uh-huh. you know because he was like a producer his name is salva mm-hmm. paul salva okay mm-hmm. nice i'm saying his full name because i don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> um yeah so I'm in LA working with Paul Salva at his studio for a while <laughs> on all these songs that I write. And I'm like so excited. I pay him. He he makes me agree to pay him $15,000 of my Kickstarter money. Holy shit. Okay, work. And by, yeah, and I know. And I was like, at that point, I was like this dumbass. And I was just like, well, I got to make an album. I guess that's what he wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like loved him. I was like a huge fan. So I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. What is he, like and- what work has he done? Like. So he, do you know that sounds like old English? Eight hundred castles of Molly. <laughs> no. You know what I'm talking about? No. Who sing? Oh, it's Young Thug. Oh yeah. I forget who else. Oh, god damn it! An ASAP Ferg, I think. Okay. Anyway, look that up. Damn. It's uh, whatever. Okay, work. Well. Um, he produced that. Who? Uh, Freddie Gibbs, Young Thug, ASAP Ferg. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Anyway, he produced that. That's pretty much the only only recognizable shit he's ever done. Mm -hmm. But he has, like, I don't know. If you look him up, he's made some pretty cool songs. Mm -hmm. But he's also a big, huge dickhead, so fuck him. Fuck that Um, guy. Anyway, so he he made me agree to pay him $7,500 up front and buy him, like, eight grand worth of like gear for his studio and i was of course i was like yes of course paul whatever you say (laughs) so i'm like writing all these songs and going to the studio i spend like three months doing this shit with this guy and it gets so i'm starting to get stuff that i like honestly a lot of it Mm -hmm. it was great and then he calls me up one day um and then 
tells me that he heard that I had been like buying drugs or something with my Kickstarter money and he didn't trust me to be responsible with the rest of it. So he was not going to work on my album anymore and he was keeping his $7,500 and he's keeping all the gear. So I basically, he stole like 12 (gasps) grand from me and, and I've still never gotten it back. I've still never, I tried to like, I tried to do something about it. And basically it was like, okay, take me to court. And I was like, well, I'm not, I can't afford to take you to court, bro. You already took that much from me. So (laughs) yeah. So fuck that guy. He's never been publicly called out. Fuck that. Yeah. This is an exclusive one. I've never told anybody about before by name, but yeah, that fool stole a bunch of money from me. So that happens. So right after I find out about that, I'm like, well, I guess I'm producing my own songs. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Jesus Christ, for real. Yeah, I was like, fuck this. So I start producing my own songs. I'm still living in L.A. where I'm very, very miserable. But like, I'm trying to stick it out Mm. for networking or whatever the hell I thought I was doing. (laughs) And I go home to visit my family for Christmas. I take all my stuff with me, all my like album, the little pieces that I have. Mm of this album I'm making. And I and I also get all of my Christmas presents for my family. And then when I get home to LA, I land and there's this fucking, you can Google this, it was this big of a deal, that around Christmas that year, there was this thief ring at LAX who was going to baggage claim and just taking suitcases and leaving with them. Are you fucking kidding? And they did it. yeah, it was like oh, tons of no. people it was happening to. And it was because it was like Christmas, like everyone coming home with all their like valuable shit. Don't tell me. So obviously, don't tell me. So my suitcase oh, gets no. stolen off the baggage thing with all oh. of my with my computer hard drive and all my books of lyrics, like all of my just and everything your goddamn that I had Christmas made. gifts. And all my Christmas <laughs> gifts. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> In my yeah, and and all my makeup. Oh, it was awful, and and all of that just got stolen. There was nothing, and you know, and I I got the value of it back, but I couldn't give them a value of like my album (laughs) stuff. So I got like a thousand dollars or something, and I was like, well, cool. Um, I'm gonna take this thousand dollars, and I'm gonna get the fuck out of LA because this is a sign. And. And so I flew back to my dad's house. I broke up with my asshole boyfriend. (laughs) And I slept on the floor of my dad's house for like three months. And I worked at the surf shop at the beach. And I just sat, I spent every single time, like minute that I wasn't working, just like learning how to use Ableton. Cause I was like, I'm going to finish this album if it's the last thing that I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh and God. so, yeah, it was, that was how I finished that album. And then Holy me and shit. Sam decided to get married. And so Sam and I finished, basically finished the entire album on in hotel rooms like on the road because he had to go on tour yeah. <laughs> so that's how we finished it oh, oh my, god. my god i mean a kudos to you if something like that happened to me while i was at an airport oh i probably would have killed myself oh my god i don't have a survivor i came like close I, yeah yeah i, I mean th- i came close but <laughs> yeah i've i have i've had full meltdowns over way lesser inconvenience yes <laughs> right <laughs> Like infinitely less. <laughs> Holy shit, man. That's great. That's yeah. insane. I mean, what the fuck was also, Paul Salva doing at the airport? Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that flow is cursed for life. Yeah, for just real. saying. Honestly. I hex you. But that's a big reason why I was so insane on the internet. Mm-hmm. And people like, I feel like I went through a lot. 
and I couldn't tell anyone what was going on because mm-hmm. all of this stuff was like things that I was like, well, if anybody knows, like I'm going to have to like, it'll be dramatic, you know, like a big deal online. So I was just like not telling anyone any of this shit. Mm-hmm. And it just got so crazy that like my album like came out so weird and full of like weird stuff. But I don't know. I got it done. Yeah. I mean, it obviously came together beautifully. Yeah, honestly. I I mean, kind of no better way to force yourself into, like, learning the ins and outs of fucking Ableton. I mean, being like, well, I might as (laughs) well. (laughs) I had nothing else to do. It's my father. (laughs) He's a good enough motivator for me. Um, Damn. Wow. That's that's good intel. (laughs) That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an exclusive one. Um, What are your favorites on Miami Garden Club? Fucking, uh, you mentioned this earlier, but two minutes is such a banger. Two minutes fucking go. <laughs> That's my such, favorite one too. Because again, so we're both from Chicago, and like this was when I started, you know, working in the loop in the downtown area and being like a fucking little yeah. little you young in professional. The loop? Uh-huh. Yeah, and like like a lot of those songs just narrated my commute. It narrated our like our college parties. Yeah. We used to host at our apartment every weekend Aww. with like 30, 40, 50 people, and like yeah, like the songs from these eras were the ones that like I have very fond party memories of, and also like fucking wanting to kill myself going to work let me just yeah, put on like mass text booty call yeah max mass text booty call is fucking yeah. so good from uh, or putting on new leaf at parties and then being like i know you're all gonna ask right. so let me just hold up my phone because <laughs> you're yeah. all gonna want to know right i can't imagine anyone listening to that song at a party that's tight well we just had a lot i of, would be stoked yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of straight guy friends that were sort of along for the ride of like whatever dumb homo shit we were <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You were on the milder, that's what i like you were definitely on the mild um, end of what we put people through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was Back a real in winner. my mild days before the pom pom. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, fuck, I'm trying to think of like, okay, I want to hear about um, the video for Mass Tech's Booty Call because I have. Oh my mm, God. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> this was sort oh of like. Oh my God. Dude. I hate that video. You hate it? I like it. Okay. No, no, no. I think it's awesome. It's like a John Waters movie, kind of. Mm-hmm. But like. Oh, like, I can't believe, like, the, oh my god, that's another thing I've never even really got to talk about, but I should probably make a YouTube video about it someday, because there's so many details, but basically, the director was this, like, rich kid, who, like, rich parent kid, uh-huh. <laughs> and he emailed me, at, like, before, it was before the album came out, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember this timeline. Anyway, so he emailed me and he was like, so, hello, I am a music video director and I like, I want to make a video for something, whatever. Give me a song. Um, I have an $8,000 budget, but we have to shoot in L.A. And I was like, oh, God. huh, well, I'll take a free trip to L.A. and a free video. Shit, yeah, why not? Right. <laughs> and like, obviously, and like he had made like one video before and it was like fine. So I was like, well, how bad could it go? Right. And then he gave me this treatment with which is like, you know, like the script yeah, yeah. of the video or whatever's going to happen. And it sounded like kind of wacky. And so I, I had to, there was like it's supposed to be a lot of like dick shaped, you know, like phallic <laughs> things in that video that I had to literally say no. And I don't really say no very much. I usually just let him rock because <laughs> he's so I get to LA mm. and and he is like telling me and also the whole time he's like telling me it's going to be this like professional, very professional big deal, like shoot with all this, you know, wardrobe and hair and makeup and everything. And I was like, OK, cool. Well, like I God. will just, you know, it's going to be phallic and for that. professional. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to worry about doing my own makeup or any of that stuff. Yeah, that was half true. There was a girl that did my makeup. 
hilariously. She was 16. But yeah. no, she was she was literally okay. This is what blows my goddamn mind. Okay. She literally told me that she was like she did makeup for Chloe Kardashian and like had like she showed me pictures. Like it was true. And I was like, this is it's James I don't well, it, okay. To be fair, it didn't look that bad in real life. <laughs> But the ki- the the director was the real motherfucker of the situation because his it, the, like m- the shoot like was just all over the place. Like one day we had to drive like two hours to that mansion, like where the outside of it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, belongs to some like guy who invented magic tricks for David Blaine, and what? he's just, like crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like very weird. Um, we were hanging out in there for like two days, and I'm wearing like I don't even know what the hell I was wearing, but anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I don't know the director just like very much seemed to hate me as a person and he was just really like I feel like he just realized that I would say yes to just letting him shoot a video like whatever he wanted because I didn't give a shit and like I obviously didn't have money for videos yeah so and then I realized this very quickly but like I didn't really care because I was like, this is just hilarious. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. At the end, I'll have a video, like, <laughs> yeah. even if it's an insane video. Yeah. And, um, and I honestly thought it was going to turn out really cool because of how fucking dope all the stuff looked. Yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. like cool special effects and everything. So I was like, this is going to be amazing. Um, later, I mean, the guy was like, oh, I was just like so terrible just like dealing with this dude because his parents were there and like they were clearly paying for the entire thing. Oh, God. And they were really nice. Like his family was super nice, but this guy was just such a douche. And it was just, ugh. <laughs> it was the worst. The dad's and like cheering from the side. The mom's like knitting. <laughs> he was, he just kept getting really impatient with me because I kept being like, dude, I'm not an actress, which like I kind of am, but I didn't want this dude telling me what to do. <laughs> right. So I was like, <laughs> bro give me a general idea of how i'm feeling in this scene and i'll do it and like he just kept making me do all this weird stuff and then like yelling at me when i couldn't convincingly sing karaoke in front of like 35 people like it was just like when there was no real sound it was just it was just so weird oh and i was like okay well i'm never gonna be an actress no thank you i'm giving up on my actress dream right but i yeah but like i literally just was like well cool trip to la that was a weird experience and i went home and the guy edits the video and then he sends it to me and i'm like (laughs) are you kidding me drew like i like no offense but i look like weird like you know i kind of look like a drag queen like i don't mean that in a bad way because like i adore drag queens but like on I don't need to look. There's something I don't need that's dra- so like light. It's not my vibe. Yeah, like weirdly like light and wispy <laughs> about what the eyes were. It was like this white eye. And then she, like- she whited out my eyebrows yeah. at one point, which I told her she could do. But that was before I realized how far back she was making my fake hairline. Like with this wig. <laughs> I had like a five head. This yeah. It's just nuts. But, I mean, she's used and then to they used Chloe. that weird lens <laughs> yeah. that made me. I think the director like really hated me enough to try and make me look like way bigger than I am and like unflattery angles because I was like damn dude like I know the camera adds 10 pounds but like I honestly do not look like my my ass doesn't look like that at all like you're just an (laughs) asshole I don't know I hated that guy and I I hated the video because I was embarrassed because like I wanted everyone to think I was hot at that time. Uh-huh. That was really important to me. And my Miami Garden Club area, I was like, I'm going to be hot. Everyone must stick out. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 
I was dyeing my hair silver. Like, you know, the effort that goes into oh silver. God. The level of toner. Come on. Yeah. More than yes. $8,000. And worth. so when I had this video, I was like, well, shit, I could either just not put it out, but that's dumb. So I'll just put it out and then I'll just try to pretend that I don't look like a drag queen because, you know, <laughs> and if anyone says anything, I'll just delete the comment. Yeah. It'll be fine. I mean, I think it's and funny so that's that you said it's John Watersy because it really just is like there's. It is. <laughs> Which is now sort of I find like, insanely cool. Yeah, right. It's great. But I do think that like the reason I liked it so much is I was like, you can tell it's all over your face that you're just like, what the fuck is happening? You can just, tell like, that I hated everyone that was doing this. Like, oh my God. It was just it was like, so, I and could, I'm like really easy to get along with. So like that one was not my problem. Dude. Sorry, Cody or whatever the hell your name is. <laughs> you was. would be named Cody. That's like the most beta male name, Cody. He was, he, yeah, he was, he was a piece of work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry I went on too long no, about oh my that God, one, I but it was that. so funny. <laughs> I think it, again, I, it's another, it's another moment that I think still holds up. When I watched, right. I watched that video today and I was like, what is happening here? I was like, I yeah. know that there's something. The story's not even really clear. Like, <laughs> it's all over your face. It tells a thousand words. Yeah. <laughs> I just was going along with the guy was really cute though. Okay, work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I made it all worth it. Yeah. Who does the intro on that song where he says, "This is Brad." Oh, Sam. Oh, <laughs> nice. I love the intro. That's so sweet. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um. Okay. Work. Well, what else do we want to cover? Well, shifting on. What time are we at too? Because we, dude, fifty-three <laughs> minutes work. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, Rose Gold. Rose Gold? I motherfucking love this album. This was a fucking... Sl- this was more like when I was listening to, like, Kitty's Farm and, like, Don't Panic and, like, literally being on the way home from work, being like, I'm about to burst into like, tears at Rush Hour. I'm weeping. Like, those are my two emotional comfort songs whenever I was hitting, like, peak stress when it came to, like, my jobs and, like, my oh. overall life and everything. And, like, I have very... I have a strong connection to those two songs specifically, but... um. Yeah, we fucking love that shit. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Was this okay? So like, mm-hmm. I know with Kitty's Farm, there was, I don't, I don't remember hearing any like reading anything about this particularly other than the <laughs> that shitty Pitchfork review, um, God. where uh, that you'd been moonlighting as a video game music, uh, cr- like making music for video <laughs> games. Yeah, I scored an entire game that I don't know if it's I don't know if you can still play it. It was like. A hybrid, like, iPad board pieces game. It's kind of it's really weird. It was called Beast of Balance. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, well, okay, after Miami Garden Club, I decided I was quitting making music because it was just, like, embarrassing at that point, And I was just, like, not into it anymore. And I also had joined Sam's band, so mm-hmm. I was just, like, I don't really need. <laughs> I get to play shows still. What else do I want? Right. So mm-hmm. I just kind of quit. And then I got a job scoring that game and I was like, oh, shit, this is really fun. So Mm. I just sort of went after that for a long time. Yeah. It's sort of like it it truly like it's your strongest songs, Mm -hmm. like in terms of like full album length too, in terms of like playability front to back. Like it's Mm -hmm. so like seamless and pretty and like. The I love how counting all the starfish sounds like a an underwater level in Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> or um, I would listen to Mommy and like my coworkers would be like, "What song is that? That's a yeah. good song." My like forty year old coworkers <laughs> that are like professional HR reps and yeah. stuff. And I don't know, yeah, just that entire the entire album just was resonating 
at a really good time in my life or probably our life yeah when we're in like our early 20s like yeah. going out and like just again playing these songs at like parties yeah. and get-togethers and stuff <laughs> so um yeah how was this like different in terms of like your process making this versus garden club well i wasn't planning on putting out any more songs so like i said like those were just songs all of the songs were just ones that i made when i was practiced because i I joined Sam's band, so I had been learning instruments, like new instruments, and I had been learning how to like record in new ways and with like analog stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought was a lot more interesting, like kind of, I don't know, like the whole like internet pop music thing just made me really disillusioned. Yeah, and I just was like, all of this stuff sounds like the same. I don't want, to- <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds a little bit like what I was doing, like. A- in frostbite it like all kind of sounded like frostbite to me and i was like i just don't even want to use fake stuff anymore i just want to like sit in this room with and i also was like kind of like it was after i had finally gotten to talk about like my ex and all of like this traumatic stuff was kind of like going away and i was feeling better and i was feeling more like okay i'm like a real person i'm not like a fucking computer I'm not a meme like I'm a human and I can do whatever I want to do like I don't need to sit here and like try and think of a good tweet today like (laughs) I can have a life so I decided to get a job at a strip club and be a stripper and that was really fun Mm -hmm. and um I was like making video game songs too and the other times and then whenever I was just like messing around and around tour or something I just would make whatever I felt like making and then um and then when we were literally when we were on tour, I decided to email the fader and be like, I'm putting out an album because I realized I had like 14 <laughs> songs or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think I should just put this out. So I just emailed the fader and then I came up with a random date just to, to tell them that was my announcement. Uh-huh. And then I was like, okay, well now I have to finish it by that day. <laughs> <laughs> like setting yourself up for a deadline. <laughs> That's yeah. Fun. And oh. none of these songs were like done. They were all just like demos. So that was when we were on tour with Thursday mm-hmm. and I was kind of like, I was like the only girl. There was like nothing for me to do that was fun. At a certain point I was just sitting in a van all day. So I was like, I'll just finish an album. So that's what I did. And then <laughs> as soon as we got home, I just posted it online. And for some reason it like got, I have no idea how like so many people heard it so fast, but mm-hmm. they did. So yeah, I do think that the timing was kind of right. Cause I do feel like the, the, distance between Miami Garden Club and that album actually didn't seem that long. Like, I remember feeling yeah. like, because my Garden Club had been, like, in limbo for so long that, like, when it arrived, it was just kind of like, oh, like, cool, like, it's finally here. And then, like, I think because it was so... And then it flopped. <laughs> and, like, I think with the Rose Gold moment, it was just sort of more, like, organic, and it didn't seem quite as, like, struggled to get to. And I think you could, like, feel that. And obviously <laughs> yeah. That was true. I stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't. Right. <laughs> and you can, I mean, that's what makes those songs so good, is that, like, they're just so much more, like, in the pocket of, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's no, like, I don't know, you just see much more in command of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, do whatever I want. No. Work, it's good. <laughs> that was the first time that I ever did. Yeah. And I was it worked out well. So it showed me that like I don't have to do all the stuff that everyone else is doing. I can literally just be okay on my own. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that's so, like, and it was perfectly summed up, too, with, like, the redo of Florida, which is so much better. And, oh, yeah. like, the addendum, like, the little addendum verse at the end, I was just like, fuck. Like, perfect <laughs> deliverance. Like, it's, I don't know, like, it sort of was, I don't know, like... <laughs> Perfect. My dad texted me when he heard that. He was like, yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was so stoked about that. Yeah, so major. (laughs) Very triumphant. Yeah, because I remember like when the act, like when the original Florida video came out of you doing it for Kind of Need, everyone was like, oh, this is actually good and whatever, like doing stupid bro (laughs) shit. It's so fucking irritating. People say that to me so much. (laughs) I like it. That's like one of my favorite compliments because it means that I changed someone's mind. Mm. Yeah, totally. That is stronger than getting someone to like you off the bat. Yeah, Mm. definitely. Yeah, agreed. And then like from that, like it was just like for that to be the moment of like, oh, like you like proved like the rap people right. Or like you like, you know, and then I quit rapping just to shit on them again. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Doing it your way. See what you lost. Stuck the landing. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's the that's the tour of the the main the mainline kitty releases. Obviously, there's so much more. Yeah, we went through the majority of the gallery. Fuck. Wow. What about my last album? Did you listen? To- <laughs> Everybody forgot about it. Are you- Wait. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the pom-pom? It's called Charm and Mirror. Oh, fucking. The- yes, the EP. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, of course I did. I love Baby Pink. I listen to this constantly. This yeah, was like also one of the first like that still was like a good quarantine song that it was like that song Malibu by Kim Petras and mm-hmm. like one other that was like, I get to have a summer. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like, but you don't have to like, we don't have to talk yeah, about right, it. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you heard it because if not, I was going to tell you to listen to it. <laughs> like, tell me go. the name of it now. Like, it came out at a wild ass time. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to bring her back, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. when things calm down a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. It's those, those are good fucking songs. I have a feeling that this summer is going to be fucking it. So like it's all those songs, oh yeah, good timing for all those. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to re-release them with a bunch of new ones perfect. too. So. That would be honestly perfect because that's what scoop. I feel like a lot of people are going to do too. Maybe like bring back I've, those summer songs yeah. from last last year that were supposed yeah. to be summer songs. Exactly. Oh, Chromatica re-release, you bet. Yeah, yeah. I feel I, weirdly. I feel optimistic, or I felt optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, for like what's going to happen once everything starts being like once people are able to tour again because I feel like that's oh like, it's going to be awesome yeah what everyone's like holding their breath waiting to do because you can tell people are like I'm working on something and whatever like doing oh, this whole like mm-hmm. bearing the lead well what fucking festival is already what what lineup was making the circles oh oh what fucking festival the what, one in Vegas with like it's the, a like, weird it's like a fucking really weird lineup it's like. Someone, it's like, uh, it's like Travis Scott, <laughs> like Billie Eilish, Billie oh, Eilish, God. like Yak Sack, Steve so, like, so it's gonna be like $350 a day, literally. Yeah, and in Vegas, too, uh, where you're like, literally, like, oh my god, so hot on, on the brink of passing out, literally from front to back. Fuck I'd yes. rather die. I'll wait. Sounds like fun. I got my first, <laughs> um, I got my first vaccine dose because I know that it's coming. Like I know that like <laughs> the sh- like people are gonna- about to start announcing tours. Like you can feel it happening. And motherfucker, I'm going. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have yeah. The, the, yeah. the mark of the beast in me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay inside for like the whole first wave of everyone going out because then no one will notice and I'll have time to like make the dopest shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While everyone's busy. Right. You're like, oh my god, you guys are having so much fun. Everyone's Bye. gonna be like way too drunk to appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm like kind of happy in, inside anyway. So like, yeah, it's definitely 
it's gonna feel like i'll make my tour i'll be, I'll be touring when everyone's finished in a couple years yeah you want to line it up perfectly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah when everyone else is done <laughs> um well as i, I i've the first couple, the, the couple songs that we wanted to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can skim over because I know that we're already sort of going along. I don't know what your time constraint is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Kitty, let's talk about Justin Bieber. How do you? Oh, <laughs> I thought that song slapped. Actually, I'm I played it over. I made Sam listen to it, and he was like, "This rules." It's crazy because I was really prepared to hate it. Mm-hmm. And Me too. I because I've been so um, haunted by the song that he has with Chance the Rapper that makes me truly <laughs> like a homicide. I've never heard Is that. Is it a religious but that song? If terrible. you've ever been to CVS Pharmacy, you've absolutely heard it. Yeah. It's wait. I think I might have heard it in the coffee shop because I remember hearing Bieber doing something really corny and being like, "Is that Bieber?" Yeah. <laughs> but then I walked out, so I don't know. Fuck. It's the I one that's like, lonely, 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 lonely. Yeah. Lonely. Yeah. Eesh. That was a horrific. <laughs> I hate it. Horrific. You want But this song is good, though. This song, this song is good. Goes off. I know, and it's it's. I think. In a way, you kind of have to be prepared to like let go of the Justin Bieber of yore because he's so like um, Christian now. He's a man now. Yeah, <laughs> he's so <laughs> a man. Yeah, like I, I I had the same reaction. I was like, oh my, am I about am I about to add? You know what? I added to my damn playlist. I did add it. I, I haven't added to Justin. I'm gonna add it to my playlist too. So long. Yeah, which is why I was like, am I really about to do this? Because he's in such a fucking weird place with his career that like <sighs> every song. That he puts out, or like every album for the past, however many albums he's put out, yeah, seem like some kind of desperate reach. But for this one, I feel like he might have just been like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna make another song where I'm on a motorcycle. Yeah, I always <laughs> like he's sort of like, like he's always like on the less offensive end of like male radio pop for me. Where like mm-hmm. whenever I hear Justin Bieber song, I'm always like, okay, whatever. Like, it's like at least he's there. <laughs> like there's it- not as much desperation in like the like money way because he's already done mm-hmm. his thing totally. so it's like you know at this point it's just like adding more layers to the sunday but right. yeah <laughs> i mean despacito that was an iconic song to many <laughs> i mean maybe because i was in qs when it came out and that oh, makes sure. it yeah i mean i better. imagine that that would probably change things but i yeah. for me it felt like it was almost mocking me like being <laughs> in, like being in chicago felt like a sick joke when like it would yeah. be like okay yeah and now i think i'd hate it in chicago <laughs> yeah oh my god uh yeah it just made me feel like i was in like a fucking fun house mirror reality where like i literally couldn't stop hearing despacito in like the most banal situations mm-hmm. yeah this to me feels very like suburban mom making rag- margaritas yeah. <laughs> like- get ready for that with the new song yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's uh this i don't know i mean what did you this song is the best we can hope for mm-hmm. for justin bieber at this point being the fact that he is so um like there's something that's very religious about him now we're like weirdly aspirational and christian <laughs> i think there's something unsettling about him <laughs> in yes. his presence but i kind of i think i turned a corner especially after listening to this song where i'm like I like that he's, like, a little messy and that, like, no one knows really where he is. Because, like, when you compare him to, again, other, like, male 
pop radio song artist sure. right now. Well, like, it also he is kind like, of like a Shawn Mendes rip a little bit. I know that like Shawn Mendes is like the 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 copy of Justin Bieber, but I do feel like. <laughs> but Shawn Mendes isn't like messy. Also, don't forget <laughs> that religious music is actually the most lucrative genre so of music true. to make, mm-hmm. which kind of explains a lot of people's shifts recently. I feel. Mm-hmm. And like the, so I feel like Bieber is getting ready to make a little, you know, switcheroo. For sure. Does that apply? To- now that he's kind of aged out of the teen pop heartthrob thing. Definitely. And you can see it in his album cover too, because there's a big cross in the middle, but it's still like an Aaron Carter <laughs> album cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. He has Aaron Carter vibes. For, for sure. sure. He has Aaron Carter hair now. He used to um, not. <laughs> I mean, with the back. with the religious music aspect, did would that apply to like? Kanye's like really yeah, well, yes right, yeah. that's who Kanye. I was no, you're referring to that's what I was wondering too Chance the Rapper too. Uh, that's pretty much the only frontier Kanye has left that he can still make money I think yeah, yeah. so where people are still going to be on board get ready so. for gospel Kanye definitely mm-hmm. Justin Bieber at Sunday service it's happening mm-hmm. and I'm not mad about it I'm not I'm, not, I'm a little mad I'm but little I'm like mad. whatever it's fine <laughs> um uh in less successful um news <laughs> Did you? I don't know if you, did I? I sent you the Gwen Stefani song, right? I like it. Wow, you are too forgiving. You, you guys what? just have okay. Listen, I don't pay attention to any pops. Okay, here's what I liked about both of the songs. Tell me, my husband is running through the room. Um, both of those songs. Every time that I listened to pop music last time, which was like, what do you think, Sam? Like two years ago. Like songs that was that were coming on the radio that were new. Yeah, maybe like 2018. And it was all bullshit. And I was just like, dude, this is so bad. Oh, yeah. When I worked at the strip club was a big time for songs that sucked because like. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like it was just. Yeah, things just weren't in a good place. And I feel like it was like the same few idiots who are writing all the songs, which is what always happens. Right. So when you get a new person who rocks at writing songs, then we get a new era. And I don't know who that is because I stopped paying attention. But whoever has started, you know, working in the studios, shopping things around is doing a much more. They're doing a new thing where they're getting away from the like depressing, like Billie Eilish shit to yeah. like mm-hmm. something happy even if it's is stupid and happy? Gwen Stefani doesn't give a fuck though. Yeah. She's like 48. Like li- I saw something today that says she's older than Ted Cruz. Yeah. She's older than my mom. <laughs> That's like She literally is. And I suppose I don't blame her for wanting to just be like, listen, I'm a TV personality. At this point, I just want some fun to dance around on the stage too. <laughs> yeah. Um so the thing is that like people like that are going to just make Brazilian, they're never going to stop cranking out stupid stuff because, like, mm-hmm. when you get added to a Spotify play, like, if when Justin Bieber puts out a new song, mm-hmm. he just makes a bazillion dollars instantly from everyone listening to it once. Like, they never have to listen to it again. Right. They don't have to like it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even have to matter at all, but it's a thing that's going to make you a chunk of cash. So, like, you're going to have to hear these stupid Gwen Stefani things for the rest of her life. And so that's what is my hypothesis. So in a way, she's like the ultimate troll. <laughs> like, Pretty much. Like imagine- and not really. I mean, it's a job. And it's, it's, you know. Yeah. Like, could she in theory. She's still doing it. Could she in theory post out like a five second song on Spotify that's like, all right, guys, I'm back. Here's the title of my new song. Go listen to it. And then that five seconds is like, I got you. 
<laughs> and then it ends. Yeah, right. I wonder. I think there's yeah. probably a, a laying a, a minimum length, but yeah. if you found out what that was, you could totally do that. Wow, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I will yeah. report back yeah. and let you know. Um, I just looked it up, and the person who co-wrote this Gwen Stefani song is the same person who wrote um, "Dangerous Woman" by Ariana Grande. You're joking. Which is wow. Well, crazy. see, genius. <laughs> I mean, talk about range. You can be good or you can be bad. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's how it works. It's all who you know. I'm not going to lie. I have to be transparent about this and say that this is my least favorite song I've heard in like 20 years. <laughs> I the Gwen Stefani yes, one? Yes. I, I literally, I've tried four different Okay, well, times. you like, haha, I'm sorry. Well, so yeah. you don't have <laughs> say. Yeah. Exactly. Right. What the fuck does your palette look it's, like? It's, listen, when Gwen Stefani is ready to cover Orion's belt, then we'll fucking talk. When yeah. she can get wow. a Pharrell yeah, flip we will. that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm ready for. But I can't, like, it sounds like JoJo Siwa to me. Like, it sounds like Backyard again. Yeah, JoJo Siwa rocks. <laughs> JoJo Siwa what has do a you hot like? Girlfriend. The weekend? Yeah, she does have a hot girlfriend. Yeah, just... mm-hmm. I've never seen her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> She's hotter than JoJo. Yeah, it's very true. She has like a like a billion dollar car with JoJo. She was just like her face is on the front. The only thing that I have an issue with with mm-hmm. the song mm-hmm. is that for Gwen, like I love Gwen Stefani. Yeah, like the whole like Love Angel Music Baby front to back classic, like Bubble Hits. Pop Electric. Like what what comes into oh, the atmosphere of that song? No like, one's ever touched that song. Yeah, since nope, no. And then yeah. or Yummy or Yummy. Yummy is so iconic. Yummy. Oh my god. You know what we theorized? We theorized that we sh- Justin Bieber should have covered Yummy. I want that. Because I think he would have done it in like that perfect, like Justin Timberlake sexy yeah. way. Oh, if he damn, covered right. Yummy, but in the Justin Timberlake doing sexy back voice, where it mm-hmm. sort of sounds like a chick. Yeah. Oh my god. Like that I, that would have that would have been it. It would have like, been yeah. major. Mm-hmm. Number one in the country for 47 yeah. weeks. You should send him an email. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Justin Bieber, please cover Yummy like when Stefani. I think this is the code. <laughs> like this is it. Yeah, you don't. Have, you can give up on God and come back to <laughs> yeah. Gwen Stefani's "Sweet Escape," the blueprint. Um, and like for me, like for those two albums to be like classics, mm-hmm. and like for her to have this like whole highly regarded career, and then to come back and be like, I'm just gonna like shit on my whole like my legacy. I'm just gonna desecrate um, she's it. She's put out some real stinkers in the time between, though. I remember going mm-hmm. on her YouTube like a few months ago, just out of curiosity, and I was like. Oh my god! But she at least had the she had the courtesy then to not also be a huge television personality where she wasn't. Wait, on what the does voice. she do on TV? She's a Jessica, a judge on The Voice. Who? Um. Okay. Yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the spinning competition where the chairs turn yeah. around. Yeah, that's the Melanie Martinez one. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So she right. now yep, is married it. to Blake Shelton, and they're both judges on the panel of The Voice. Dude, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> You don't have to like this song. They don't care. <laughs> I don't know. They want you to hate it. They, they do. I'm sure they, they do, do want me yeah. to hate it. But he, the, do you remember that? I'm sure no one what? knows this song. But there's this song called that she made with Pharrell that she was trying to sort of retread Hollaback Girl. And it's called Spark the Fire. And oh, she's like God. dancing around with these like emojis. Yep. Like these cloud emojis and being like, hey, get uh, off Yeah, my I remember cloud. seeing that and being so sad. It was horrific. Yeah, this, that was really like, bad. Like, the, what is the cover art? I want to discuss this. The album cover for Slow Clap involves a bike, Wait, a basketball, it. a cassette tape, some loose checkered fabric, 
An ice a drumstick. chocolate ice cream cone. Yeah. A drumstick. Chicken yeah. drumstick. Oh, this is trash. Dude. Yeah, it's not great. Like, I'm sorry, I'm but looking like, at how it. much do you make as a judge on The Voice and this is like your graphic design budget? It's because they like, somebody showed them like a TikTok and they were like, okay, so just put everything at once and then the, the text is 3D. Like, <laughs> it looks like liquid yeah, exactly. and then do that. It's like the, the Make it look really stupid. It's like the video for Swish Wish by Katy Perry. Yeah, but in one picture. <laughs> Where it's like people like flying. Me and Sam fall. watch that so much. <laughs> oh my so God, good. It's dude. really good. What a fail. That is an epic fail, yeah. man. Then my favorite. I don't even the, like to use that word. The song, but, great. Great The song. video. <laughs> the, the, why did they even make the video? The song understand. was. Why was Nicki Minaj? My, Nicki Minaj wasn't even in the video, my right? My favorite <laughs> bit of trivia about this is that Christine Sadelko got booked to be in the video, and she only said yes because she thought she was going to meet Nicki Minaj, and then Nicki Minaj didn't come to set. Yeah. She was filmed separately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so tight Nicki Minaj is such a bitch man Dude, that's awesome I love it Nicki was like girl I'm not coming yeah Nicki was like I'm gonna be in a separate room she did <laughs> I am not doing this fucking you space think I'm hanging jam. out with Katy Perry no thanks oh, no. <laughs> what, right exactly so like Katy Perry can like throw up gang signs like she did with Migos like, oh! there's no fucking oh my way God, <laughs> Katy Perry <laughs> Not, God. I, Nicki Minaj would hang out with I'll Katie be on Perry. this podcast anytime to talk about stupid pop star shit okay, please. I, I, just so you know hit me up God, <laughs> this okay, is what for, we do on a week by week basis, basis baby. <laughs> um, yeah for the I, I, Nicki Minaj would hang out with Katy Perry if Katy Perry had the right wig on yes but at this at that point in time she did not uh, have the right wig on no <laughs> I don't know if Katy actually has the right wig on right now at know. this moment, she certainly doesn't. No, she doesn't. She's taking care of her baby, though, so I forgive her. Yeah, yeah she's fine. she's mom. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but like Cardi's not all. Mom. Not all moms need wigs. We can't all be Cardi B. <laughs> we can't all be Cardi B. <laughs> it's tough. That's uh, K- Katy Perry can't at least. God, <laughs> yeah. so others may, might be able to be Cardi B, but Katy Perry does not have the range. I hate no. to say. I remember when she was like Katy Perry was hosting some show. I don't know if it was like Video Music Awards, oh something, God. and she's like f- like playing with a fidget spinner while she's like reading off the nominations and i just that that i think that was it that was yeah, she's that like was hoverboarding a... and like saying like <laughs> yeet or whatever <laughs> she loves hello it. fellow kids yeah hello fellow kids oh my god um the last one was the re-record of taylor swift love story i have one last thing to say what? I, I think i think that Katy perry is the hillary clinton of the music industry so <laughs> true so true i gotta tell sam that one after. <laughs> yeah that seems accurate <laughs> It's so it real. Just came to me Which dream. sucks because at a certain point in her career, I always say this, Warped Tour Katy Perry would have called me a faggot and it would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Like, the early, like, when she had two, her first two songs mm-hmm. were... Oh, they were so bad. You're so You're gay. You're so gay and then I Kissed Your Girl. Two, two GLSEN uh, beaters. She was right experimenting. Yeah, dude. She, yeah, she was going through it, man. Remember the Milk Milk Lemonade one? No. What? What? Oh, just look it up. Oh, we don't have to talk about it. You just you're gonna have to do a whole episode. Look I'm up Katie milk, Perry, milk, milk lemonade, lemonade, Katy Perry. I've never heard this, and I'm terrified. I'm really scared now. I like. Can we talk about this Taylor Swift song because it was bad? I didn't like that. Oh, yes. I. I mean, I think we're both pretty avid. I'm anti Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm anti Taylor Swift. Um, oh yeah, I don't like her, but that song is would still be good if she didn't make it so bad, though. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Because that song is good. Yeah, she's it just was. Like, so dramatic. Like, she's just so dramatic. There's just something. Yeah, just so, shut up. Who gives a fuck? Like, okay, so here's the, here's the first thing. Just to preface it. She has, like, 
it's not that she doesn't have the rights to the songwriting. Like, the reason she can do this is because she owns the song. So the reason she's mad is because she doesn't have the masters, mm-hmm. which is, like, she yeah. can't control where it's played. But, like... Oh, yeah. I'm, But, like, ultimately, like... I'd be mad, honestly. I don't blame her, but I do blame her for making her song suck. If I was her, I would have made it exactly the same just to be a bitch. Now <laughs> right. she made a worse version, and now everyone's not going to listen to it. They're going to go listen to the old one. So she, yeah. she fucked herself. Yeah. Well, there's something that's always sort of, like... I mean, in a way, it's weird to watch her go back to this because it's sort of just, like... I don't think she could. Like, the whole hook of the song is that she's, like, 16. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even younger. At yeah, the time. it's really embarrassing. Right. And like, it's already embarrassing enough when she puts out new content and it's like fucking pedophilic as hell. Like that is like the out. The, <laughs> oh, she's dude, creepy. The, cre- the creative direction for the album, uh, the lover album. I was like, this is like, what is fucking Care Bears? Like, I hated it. Cotton Candy Sky. Like, how fucking old are you? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And then. I mean, it would have been cute if it was like, if it wasn't so. It, it it looked like a lifetime movie type situation yeah, it was going very... on. Like like she had like writers coming up with it all and stuff. Yeah. And then just like if she had just wanted to do that, it would have been cute. Right. And, and like if you have that much money, you should be spending it on what you want to do. Literally. And then like you know? she had the the song "You Need to Calm Down" and then invited a bunch L- of like literally RuPaul's the worst <laughs> song ever made. <laughs> invited oh, yeah. a bunch oh, of like God. RuPaul's Drag Race drag queens on there and everything. And it just, again, it's so confusing, so weird. I didn't understand Dude. it. She really wanted the support of the gays. Yeah. After all that she's done. <sighs> Listen, she has it. After slamming them in the lockers for all these years, she's like, I need the gays. Yeah, please. I gotta get them. Yeah. And this is what I'm always saying is like, the gays, just just do, just do, make the music. The gays are going to be there. I yeah. promise you. You don't have to be checking over your shoulder every no. four seconds. There's a, there are legions of gay guys who are obsessed with the intersection of Disneyland and Taylor Swift. They're always going to be there for you. <laughs> They will ne- anyone any gay man over twenty five who plays fucking Pokemon is going to be there for you. I trust you, Taylor Swift. But she needs everyone. <laughs> yeah, she needs she needs total domination. What she doesn't understand is that everyone who watches Drag Race hates drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't understand that like she it just like, yeah, it just made them worse yeah. in your brain. Yeah. I was like, you're gonna book like Vanessa Vangie for like to like <laughs> swim around in a pool and scream. Like I'm not watching that. Um, that's that is pride right there for real (laughs) right god damn it (laughs) that is pride what i'm trying to think of i'm just was trying to pin down what is lost by the new version of love story and it's just like it's almost like it insists on how much she nailed it like you can hear that she thinks she fucking ripped it like when she like got the takedown she was like i sound just like the old me girl i did it (laughs) no she she doesn't though like she doesn't have that little clarity Mm -hmm. the disney princess voice you know like yeah she doesn't like tinkle like a bell anymore she's like super dramatic about everything yeah well Mm -hmm. that's what you know if uh, all that all the hate in her heart through the years she just sounds like majorly (laughs) and tired yeah there's no she does sound tired like exhausted she sounds it sounds like the like her final like at the end of the opera and she's like (laughs) and like she just keeps pumping out shit like these last two albums that are like the sister albums of like her in the fucking woods like in in a cottage she's like i have 30 more songs to release i'm like are you fucking done (laughs) okay It's an industry. Exactly. She has people to feed. She's, yeah, she's a small island colony. Full she people. literally, ha- yeah, she has this <laughs> corporation to keep running. Exactly. Um, yeah, thirty. Her, her team of a hundred to fifty people who are like taking pictures of her in the woods, like she's ever in the woods, right, with a fucking fish tail braid. Okay, unreal, dude. 
can't. Unreal. In a way, Taylor Swift is also the Hillary Clinton of music, but but in, in the worster ways. In a, I was gonna say she's a little bit more in your face. Yeah. Yes. Who is Taylor Swift of the music industry? She Taylor is, Swift is one of the few women who feminism really works for. <laughs> she's like the Ruth Gator Bins. Ruth, Ruth Gator Binsburg. Fuck, I can't. I'm so like Ruth Listen Gator Binsburg. We knew who you meant. Yeah. <laughs> the RPG. Well, yeah, I mean, people who love Taylor Swift loved RPG. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, the crossover. Yeah. The crossover between, yeah. You own, um, yeah, you own Reputation on vinyl, and you also have like a tote bag that has RPG's face on it. There's a lot of people out there who <laughs> occupy that population. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That demo is pretty big. It's a bigger market than you think. I just feel like it's kind of like who really other than like if you own a roller rink who is listening to those old taylor swift songs so much that it's generating revenue that makes a difference to her like nail salons and right your mom in the car think about like if any other music artist like what if kesha redid like tiktok like because she wanted like separate (laughs) from dr luke right i don't think kesha has like that that feeling in her heart anymore no and you well nobody has is fueled by spite more than taylor swift you know (laughs) exactly and you can hear every decision yes she sings it spitefully totally Mm -hmm. she's not singing it to like her this this fake boyfriend that she had when she was fifteen. She's singing it directly to <laughs> it Scooter. Like Kim Ron. Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like angry. Yeah. It's, it's angry. It's angry and vindictive. <laughs> yeah. Which is just kind of loses the magic of a song. It's literally like the like. T- like she should have just gone full screen. Like you'll be the prince. And yeah. Like, I wish she just fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Just made a completely different song. Then I would have, you know, had a little bit of love in my heart for it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But to try and retread it from a place where you just don't believe the words anymore and you're just sort of like covering yourself kind of badly. Weird. I don't really understand the point. Maybe there is no point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the worst part is that this is like, she's re- re-recording the whole album like this. And this is like her mid-career stuff. Like the Speak Now is like, she was already kind of older for that. So inevitably she's going to have to have to go back and re-record the stuff she made when she was like 12. And she's really not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh my God. There's no fucking way. Tim McGraw song. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> going to get Tim McGraw back in the studio. That'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the full scope. And again, I it, despite the fact that I'm not, I really... The only song of these that I liked was Justin Bieber. I, I'm mm. I'm still feeling hopeful that yeah. things are not going to be so bad because I do think that right now the only people are, who are putting out music are like low stakes people mm-hmm. or people who want like a hole in one. Like I think mm-hmm. like basically the only big, big pop star of this year was like Dua Lipa and it's because she basically ran uncontested. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. In I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I do think that in, in only a brief matter of time, it's going to get a lot better. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel come some, out of the woodworks. I feel some. I have like my spidey senses tingling for pop music. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, I can feel it. May, May of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm ready. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> for real, I'm going out regardless. Exactly, I, girl. I got my vaccine. I just got on Selexa. Yeah. it's fucking over. If I have to dance to this old shit, <laughs> yeah. I will. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we're at a full hour and a half which, of delicious content, Woo! and thank you <laughs> awesome. so much for joining of us. Course. I literally can't even believe we got to talk to you. It's crazy. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you, and um, have a lovely evening. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> you too. All right, work. Bye. 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 Bye.